2: Listen, at the end of the day, there's still a certain level of responsibility that I had. Not the fact that she cheated on me, but kind of like the emotional turmoil that I put her through because of my inability to kind of like show emotions properly. Yeah. And with Mariel, she was the woman that stuck around and broke that down out of me. Right. Yeah. It's okay for you to say in five, four, three, two, one. 안녕하세요. I'm a so Korean now. I went to the motherland forever. Soju. I only eat nipe and drink soju. This day. <laughs> I'm, I'm so Korean now. Mm-hmm. So, congratulations, Johnny Depp. You <laughs> won your fucking case against a psychopath.
3: Well, apparently, like they both won. What do you mean? Because they, because uh, Amber Heard countersued him, right? mm mm-hmm. So um, he won $15 million, but she won $2 million. From what? Um, because one of Johnny's past lawyers from the previous case said that her story was a hoax. And then she won the, the case that the fact that it wasn't a hoax of a story. Oh, so she only lost $13 million. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. Apparently, I think if you Google it, she's only worth $8 million. Um, with that, with the her eight million dollars
2: worth is it was from the original divorce settlement. That's what's left. Yeah. Well, this is the crazy thing, right? Uh, I'm not sure if I mentioned this before, but you could go into the the whole litigation process of them going back and forth, specifically with Johnny Depp's lawyer. I forgot her name, but she was Camille
3: rip- something.
2: Yeah, she was ripping into Amber Heard. Yeah, and this part was so awkward. So she was saying basically, she goes, "So you didn't." Um, donate all of your right. divorce proceedings to whatever the Children's Foundation. I forgot yeah. which, which charity it was. No, it
3: was the ACLU. Yeah, ACLU. Yeah, who in fact wrote the first draft of that fucking op-ed, apparently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that attached her name to it. So, yeah, that's what's, that's another wild thing. It's
2: all fucking crazy. Yeah. And she goes, no, I pledged my money. <laughs> Did you give the money or not? You know, and then she's trying to dance around it. She goes, "I pledged it. I wasn't allowed to." That shit
3: went on for like four minutes or some shit.
2: It it was just so just back and forth, into the point where the judge was like, "All right, let's just move on." Cut, yeah. (laughs) Next question. She's just clearly dancing around the shit. Yeah, she didn't donate any of the fucking money.
3: Yeah, well, what was donated was actually donated from Elon Musk. Hilarious under Amber Heard. So you know how they used to date, right? Mm -hmm. Before that, and then there's that shit um, with that video on the elevator with them making out in the, I never saw that. You didn't see that. That was part of the case that she brought fucking James Franco and Elon Musk to Johnny Depp's penthouse. Yeah, it was. And then the fucking lobby, the doorman like had it in account that there, they came in
2: and she was making out with Elon Musk.
3: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Listen, I love Elon Musk, but that's not a man you should ever make out with. (laughs) (laughs) So- <laughs> <laughs> unless you're trying to marry him, yeah. <laughs> like, who the fuck ever looks at Elon Musk and gets their pussy wet to, to to hook up with? Unless you're trying to marry him.
3: Hey, man, billionaire breath is just as good as <laughs> like six pack abs, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Um, but the, he, so here's my little shout out to Elon Musk theory, this time. right? Mm-hmm. So the week or day, I think it was like literally days apart. When the evidence was submitted with this fucking video of James Franco on and Elon Musk on two separate occasions going up, you know, to fucking his fucking house, to Johnny Depp's house. The audacity. Is when he announced that he was going to buy Twitter. Oh. It fucking overtook the headlines of this elevator thing, right? And yeah. more people heard about James Franco, but the... F- but the thing was, yeah, Elon Musk was in that whole. See, that's the crazy t- thing. Loved Square
2: because I remember originally they said that they were going to bring James Franco up to either te- to testify, yeah, but then he didn't have to, so I didn't hear about the Elon. I kind of they said that they were dating. I didn't know there was like footage of them making out in the fucking elevator,
3: dude. There's like footage of Amber Heard and Elon Musk at home, and Amber Heard is like verbally abusing him. You know, and, Elon Musk, they weren't yeah. even together. No, they were together. Oh, they were together yeah, together. Yeah, there was a while where they were together. What was she saying to him? Like it was just like down talking him, like he's a child, you know. And this guy's oh, a billionaire, like genius. Um, yeah. <laughs> You're so fucking down. I mean, the same way she talks to Johnny Dead. He she was talking to Elon Musk the same way. Oh, so she's just toxic as fuck. Yeah. That's
2: yeah. Cool. I wonder, I wonder what she's berating one of the most brilliant minds in our current situation yeah. like in our in our century right now what the fuck are you telling him <laughs> what are you berating him about let me tell you you're so fucking dumb why don't you put gas in your electric cars so they can i don't know go yeah. even further <laughs> you fucking dumb
3: idiot i mean yeah she's crazy all around i mean like the other fact is that she's actually been arrested for domestic violence in seattle what yeah she was in a, she is by and so she was dating a girl in seattle and punched into the pussy. Something. Yeah. And and Amber got fucking arrested for domestic violence. Like it's it, like Jesus that was out Christ. there too. So yeah, in the end, um yeah, Johnny Depp quote unquote wins, even though they technically both win. But then he gets, you know, 15 million. Well I mean the, or the, 13 million in the end. The interesting thing about this too is
2: like it goes back to I feel You know, there was that time during the whole Me Too
3: movement, right? And there was a headliner before the Me Too movement, which was... Believe All Women. Believe All Women. That's, in fact, when I was waiting in the car right now, I was scrolling through Twitter, Believe All Women is trending right now as a sarcastic hashtag towards Amber Heard. Which is, damn, dude. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, first of all, I understand where that stemmed from, right? Because the the scale was tipped over the other way, right? Uh Where... Women were just—they just weren't believed at all. They're like, "Oh, what?" They were victim
3: blaming. It's like, "Well, oh, what yeah. were you wearing that night? Were you wearing a skirt?" Why didn't you close your legs? Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, didn't you do this or that? Why did like, you go to
2: his house wearing a skirt unless you didn't want to get fucked? It mm-hmm. would be those type of terrible, terrible conversations that would happen, yeah. which uh, which is re- the reason why the you know the hashtag #BelieveAllWomen or you know came about. Which I understand, but when you say something that blanket,
3: <laughs> why, why is it so binary? <laughs> yeah,
2: why is it so black and white? I don't. What the fuck? And you know, yeah. and then all these dudes started coming out. It's like, yo, hold on a second. Yeah. I have plenty of stories of where women try to take advantage of me. Uh, yeah, where I've yeah. been like abused. I've been verbally abused. Mm-hmm. What is this idea of believe all women? Yeah, we should take into account, but you can't throw away fucking hard evidence. Yeah. just because this this movement of believe all women came out. Which I which makes sense, yeah. Right. So I mean, this is what happens to somebody like Johnny Depp, where, you know, this this op ed came out and automatically Johnny Depp is a fucking monster. Yeah. There was no thing of like, okay, well, let's see the evidence. Let's see what Johnny Depp passes say. They're just they just go straight to he beat the shit out of Amber Heard. He's yeah. a terrible fucking human being. Which yeah.
3: albeit the man did a lot of coke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> he, <a> of- <laughs> he looks like prime suspect number one. Yeah, he's. Kind of perma fried. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he has literally become Jack Sparrow. Mm-hmm. Like now, mm-hmm. yeah,
2: he looks a little funky. He looks like he might beat a couple of people every now and
3: then. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but that's not evidence. But he, but he admits to all of his faults. If you're, if you're watching, the, yeah, yeah the trial, I drink coke. Yeah, he he says all everything about his drug problems, how terrible detoxing is, um, how uh the the situation of of uh all the times he's angry, he admits to all of that mm-hmm. stuff, you know, and which is pretty much why Amber Heard, you know, wins the mm-hmm. hoax, cause if the lawyer says it's a hoax and then he's on the stand saying, Yeah, I get angry, you know? Yeah. But then um he absolutely denies ever like hitting her. Um but anyways going back to the whole hashtag thing like believing all women, it's being so binary. I don't think any guy here could say, believe all men. Because even guys yeah. no, don't believe every guy you meet. Yeah, for real. I don't believe yeah. any dude. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like Don't trust anyone. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think, but that is the disparity in the mindset of these two phrases when we say it. Like when you say believe all men, it is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But then when you say believe all women at a very vulnerable time, you know, in, in that movement, then like... Yeah, it got spread like wildfire mm-hmm. without people thinking, hey, uh,
2: like everyone. Well, yeah, listen listen to the stories. And I'm pretty sure everybody has an example of where you saw a situation a certain way and somebody else saw a, a situation another way. And in between both these stories, there was the actual truth. And we see that a lot, right? And even with like personal drama, like I've had like last year too, I had to go through this whole series where I had to, you know, cut out a few people. Mm. But then you hear from like other people around, they have their versions of the story that other people heard through the other person and they immediately just go off and they go, oh, and I've been confronted like, oh, so what happened between you and X person? And I tell them the story and they go, oh, your sound's a little bit more believable. I'm like, (laughs) well, yeah, how come you never asked me? Yeah. Right. The evidence will always speak for itself, right? So we had to cut out uh, a, uh, you know, a person in our lives, um, small group of friends, and we just had to cut this person out because he was being very – he's always been like a piece of shit. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, you keep describing because I'm still trying to guess what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you after. Yeah. But he's always been like a
2: piece of shit, and then we've always – I I kind of went against my initial instincts. And usually with my gut instinct, whether I'm right or wrong, I I kind of stick to it and then I just see what happens after. So yeah. when I first met this person years ago, I didn't like this person generally off the jump, right? We didn't really vibe very well. And yeah. then when we went on this uh this like trip together, I really got to see this person's true colors. Mm-hmm. Specifically, we were in a foreign country where, you know, there, there is that that stigma that American people have when they go to another country, they treat it as if it's America. <laughs> yeah. This person was that definition to the fucking T.
3: Right. The entitled tourist. The
2: entitled fucking tourist. And so when we're in this country, when you're in like the subway system, right, it's Asia. Like you're supposed to be a little bit more quiet and pulled back. And uh, specifically in this country, you're not supposed to eat while you're on the subway. Right. It's against, it's literally against the rules. Like you'll see it. In, and yeah. motherfucker was like, I don't give a fuck. I'll do whatever I want. And starts eating in the subway. I'm like, fuck this person. Yeah. Entitled. And just by the way, the worst quality about this, like anytime we were together, especially because they were a couple, they would fucking scream and fight at, at, and yell at each other in front of us all the time. <laughs> Constantly fighting 24 fucking seven. And the way they would, the things that they would say to each other was fucking crazy. Everywhere we fucking went, and but then as time progressed, I gave them chances and opportunities. Well, eventually that shit dried up because they did some fucking crazy shady shit. Cut this person out, and lo and behold, starts bad mouthing us to all, to all these other people. But yeah. the one common denominator is how's the fact that everybody in this group kicked you out, yeah, and everybody in this group says the same thing about you, but you're the only one that says different stories about everybody. Mm-hmm. You're the problem. Yeah. And if you look into their past, they don't have any of their friends from the past. And the only time they bring up friends from their past, it was so funny. Like they started hanging out with their old friends from back in the day <laughs> after we left them. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you start hearing stories about saying, like, oh, oh, these people are my best friends. Always, they've always been down to ride with me. Funny thing is, it's like, if I met one of them, I would tell them, oh, did you know that they called you a loser? <laughs> they said that you're the reason why they've never been able to get out of their shitty situation um, because they were hanging out with people like you and that you're you're the reason why they were never able to elevate themselves until they met us. <laughs> did you know that they said that about you? Right? Yeah. Doesn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. But you know, just for like outside appearances, they want to go ahead and make sure that, oh, I've I was wronged. But, you know, like I said, it's immediately believe that person's story. But when, you know, people start talking to me one on one or the other people, they go, oh, that story makes a little more sense. Because I never really said anything terrible about them. I just said, hey, things didn't work out. Um, They grew to be different people than we thought. I wish them all the best. Yeah. Them, on the other hand, bad mouthing the fuck out of all of us. It's like, why the fuck do you do that? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Because if you wanted, we could make this a problem. I can go yeah. to every person that you were talking shit to, and we could sit in a circle. If we sat in a circle, right? We had a conversation, and we brought every fucking person around that you were talking terrible things about us to. Would you be able to say that same thing and corro- corroborate that story? You wouldn't be able to.
3: Yeah, you're behind the safety of no contact. <laughs> uh, exactly. And the hard like, part uh, the about relationship that, already being over. Mm-hmm. It's because the uh, I've realized these type of people, like unless you really are that truly conniving, um, most people really don't know that they're writing their own story or making their own narrative where they're going to come out on top as a good person.
2: Almost uh, to the point where they feel like they have to tell the story out loud to so many people so they can believe it themselves. Well, they believe
3: it, yeah. Oh, I I, oh, I, thought you were this. Oh, I thought you guys were, I, it was this way. And then, but then because... It's not like they care that much. It's just they heard it one way and it's like, oh, okay, I guess that's the way it is. Yeah. You know? And like, like, listen, like changing stories is so fucking hard. I get caught up all
2: the time because every time I tell a story from my past, I, I'm trying to be careful enough to where I don't tell too much information where it can lead back to these people because I'm from a small town. And I've said yeah. this multiple times before. And so like certain details will change, but the heart of the story is the same. And the reason why that happens is because I have to change these details And it's going to change a little bit here and there because it's supposed to be for comedy, a funny story. Sometimes things are exaggerated, a lot of the times. And then (laughs) the other time is because I just don't want this information to go ahead and fuck up these people's lives.
0: Yeah. So these
2: guys that are girls, sometimes they're not. Sometimes they're guys, sometimes they're girls. It'll flip around. The names are never the fucking same because I don't remember what I called them before. But I'm just trying to be mindful enough to where I don't out these people. lovely genius farts this podcast is brought to you by longtime sponsor better my friends life can be so overwhelming and many people are burned out without even knowing it symptoms can include lack of motivation feeling helpless or trapped detachment, fatigue and so much more i don't know how many times i can tell you how much i love better help but i know it's helped a lot of people who have been listening to this podcast because i've been getting messages consistently that they have been working on their mental health and it's become an important part of their life and that's why they feel better i know there's a weird stigma about it but i've been going to therapy for a long time and i'm no perfect person and when i'm stressed out i need better help guess what better help is customized online therapy that offers video phone and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to it's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can be matched with the therapist in under 48 hours genius brain listeners get 10 off their first month at betterhelp.com slash genius that's better dot com slash genius So I understand like when these people try to tell their stories, they always spin this new story and they don't know how to back it up again because they don't know what the fuck they're
3: saying. Yeah. I mean, it it ties into obviously a lot of uh, our insecurities about what people think about us. Mm -hmm. Right. But then um, that goes to show like they don't want to lose control, you know, Mm -hmm. of what people think of them as well. You know, Um, you know, like I said, nobody wants to be a bad guy. But then it prevents us from actually knowing where we fucked up right? yeah, and growing and being the better person we think we want to be, yeah, right? Or we say that we are, mm-hmm. right? I mean, the first sign is really like, you got to know when you fuck up.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the crazy thing is, is, you know, when sometimes things don't work out, especially in terms of like relationship se- senses with like friendship, I don't have an objective after we split to go ahead and destroy your name, mm. you know? My thing is you just go the fuck your way and then we'll go the fuck. Unless they did something crazy, like that's super damaging to my reputation, then I have to rectify it. Yeah. Right. But other than that, you go live your life and I'll, I'll I'll go ahead and live mine. Yeah. But like I said, the, the biggest sign that I've always seen from other people who have gone through this situation is I look at the person who goes around town just talking shit about this person constantly. And the other person is just like, (laughs) Okay.
3: <laughs> yeah what the if, fuck yeah if you see someone else more stoic about the situation like um perhaps they're not just a piece of shit <laughs> yeah. yeah perhaps they don't you know they're they're walking above it yeah you know that maybe it's worth asking them you know yeah
2: <laughs> it's weird like i and i always felt bad too where especially for me i kind of like hated myself because i should have just followed my instinct. But against my better judgment, I kind of listened to other people in the group and they were like, look, this person is really fucking cool.
3: Yeah. Don't
2: worry. It was just that one situation. But I saw these terrible habits for so many fucking years. This sense of entitlement, um, just constantly verbally bashing people behind behind um, everybody's backs. Like, So yeah. this person would do this thing where in front of you, they would be like, oh, saying all these great things about you, but they will go to somebody else in the group and then talk shit about you. All that shit catches up. We all... We all fucking yeah. picked up the pieces.
3: Yeah, We're like, like, oh, you have to leave this fucking group now. You're you're in such close proximity with one another. Like, where did you think this was going to end? Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure everyone
2: was going to catch Oh, up, this so. person straight up had like fucking BPD too. Because it was like nothing was ever their fault. Right. Everything was, it was victim blaming constantly. It's like, mm. I ended up this way because of this person. Oh, it's because of this. Oh, because of my husband, wife, fiance, whatever. Fucking, uh, that's that, That's the reason why this happened. Mm-hmm. Or it's also because you're a piece of shit, your fucking self, and you haven't fucking fixed any of these issues. So if the common denominator throughout your whole life in the fucking whatever, X amount of years you've been living is the fact that everybody has done you wrong, most likely it's probably you. Yeah. If you have constantly left friend circles your whole fucking life and all these people were toxic… Right. Even when you thought you were bettering yourself, you kept on running into multiple circles of bad people. Maybe it's your choices. <laughs> Maybe you're making the bad choice. Maybe you're the reason why. Why is it that everybody else in that circle is successful but you? Yeah. It might be you. And I just got, I get, I think as we get older too, we get so annoyed of these habits because we don't have, as you get older, you realize you don't have much time left on this earth. Yeah. Why should we have to deal with this shit? Yeah. why do I have to be friends with this person because my other friends are cool with them
3: or why do you have to teach them anything
2: yeah that's a big one why do I have to be the fucking take them aside and teach them how to be a fucking decent human being you know what I mean like figure that out on your own it's not my responsibility man I fucking hate that shit
3: I mean especially if you absolutely cared about that person there, then you would be that person in their lives to have told them hey this is where you're fucking up but then it happens, you know, because of whatever they, the household they grew up in. It's, um, you know, they were never seen or shown anything
2: better. Empathy only goes so far. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talk a lot about empathy and I think empathy is very important. Like when you get to understand somebody's story and it encapsulates kind of their behavior, um, whether it's good or bad, and it gives you, you know, kind of an understanding of where they're coming from. Yeah. It helps you manage your relationship with them a lot better. But even then, that has a fucking limit. I, I can understand why you are the way that you are, but I don't have to be around to deal with it. Yeah, Right? Like, like the, the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard case. Amber Heard might have had a terrible living. Yeah. Like uh, growing up, she might have had a terrible life. Yeah. Well, I don't know what her family relationship's like. I don't know if she's been like sexually abused, verbally abused, whatever, that allows her to do this type of behavior. But does Johnny Depp have to be here and take that fucking abuse? No. Does he have to take this court case and say, you know what, you're right, I beat you, just so she could feel better? Yeah. Absolutely not.
3: Yeah, like, the the forensic psychologist, I believe, mm-hmm. or, or uh, some one of the psychologists had diagnosed her with BPD, right? And then um, all over on social media, like, people were saying, like, you know, opening up saying, I have BPD, but there's no excuse to treat people yeah. like this. Like, there's no excuse for this behavior, mm-hmm. you know, either. Like, with the kind of resources she has, like, there are you know therapies and and manageable like worksheets to to mm-hmm. to work through all these kind of things
2: and like the hardest thing about people with like bpd is getting them to recognize that this is a problem right um talking to a therapist buddy of mine and she was telling me like her like B, people with bpd actually need a spe- like a specialist because it's it's hard yeah it, it, it there is no part in the conversation where you could just talk to them and they come to this realization If you get, because the moment you, even when a therapist who is in the position to go ahead and give you, whether it's advice or kind of help you sort out your thoughts, they're always in a position of like, I'm never at fault. Yeah. So what happens when the therapist will come in is that they'll, you know, talk them through their problems and help them try to navigate. But the moment they feel like they're being quote unquote attacked, they shut down and they go, oh, you're, you're against me too.
3: Yeah. It's because um, it is a sensitivity disorder. Everything is personal. Now, here's the thing, I believe Michael Jordan has BPD. Hey, I see that, but he manifested it. He manifested it into championships. Yeah. Because his dad made him feel like he was never enough. Yeah. Until he won those championships, you know.
2: That's such a great example. Let me tell you this, right? Have you ever seen that video online of that guy saying, like, when you marry a girl, everything is your fault? And he's and he and she rings the doorbell and like a mosquito comes, and she gets freaked out, and she looks at him, and she goes, Jonathan! <laughs>
3: <Really>? <laughs> I didn't see that. Before. That Damn. shit
2: cracked me the fuck up. Yeah. But that is an example of, I mean, that's kind of just a funny example, right? Yeah. But that's like an a a light example of like BPD. Everything is a personal attack. Yes. So just in that case, this same couple, right? We went to a wedding together and Dealing with them was very hard and I'm, I'm, you know, I like to keep the peace so I just kind of like go along and I try to ease their conversations or whatever. Um, They're in a van and we're all in a van and we're about to leave this wedding of a mutual friend of ours. A fucking beetle flies in, right? Uh Beetle flies into the van. It comes out. The person's fiance swats the bug away, Uh right? That person looks at their significant other and goes, are you fucking retarded? Oh, God. And this is in front of their kid. This guy, like, literally did
3: a Mr. Miyagi.
2: Yeah. Oh. He goes, are you fucking retarded? <laughs> right? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, what the fuck? He goes, why the fuck would you swat that shit towards me? As if the person did it on purpose. Yeah. And I'm sitting there just boiling. I'm seething. Because the idea that you could say that in front of, number one, your, your kid, and then on top of that, to your significant other, while other people around while is else. such a high level of disrespect. It was, it was hard for me to swallow.
3: Yeah. Like, why did he deserve that kind of humiliation? Yeah. You know? I, I'm looking at this and I'm like imagining fucking Daniel-san in Karate Kid having BPD. Yeah. And Mr. Miyagi catching a fly with this chopstick. Yeah, I'm like, are you fucking retorted? Like, yeah. Like out like, of nowhere, like taking it personally, a, yeah. attack against them, dude. That's yeah.
2: To, to go out of your way and do that and humiliate somebody in front of other people, and you know, by the way, that's whether you're doing this in private or public is unacceptable. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like unacceptable. Mm. And so, you know, Mariel, too doesn't really know these people, yeah, because they were a part of my life before Meryl came around, and she was just dumbfounded. Yeah, like what?
3: I, I believe one of the traits of BPD is uh, vigilance, mm. right? But like an impulsive vigilance. Mm-hmm. So she jumped at doing what she felt personally was justice to her was to humiliate this man in front of everybody that mm. loves him. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so like, damn, yeah. that's cold. Dude, their
2: relationship got so bad to the point where like even the guy started developing bad habits because He's so so like yeah. like scared of this person that ended up just lying about everything because mm. right you his back right yeah because you're so afraid of getting in trouble all the time. So this person started developing bad habits that made us hate this person too because now you're a habitual liar too. Yeah, so. It's just this toxic fucking relationship.
3: So it rubbed off on like when he felt like he was in trouble with you guys, but you guys probably didn't even give a shit. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. Dude, even as much as we've
2: tried to help because they've asked for help, it didn't matter because when we had these conversations, it was never, hey, can you help our relationship out? It's, can you help the person that I'm with? This person's a fuck up. Yeah. And it's like, actually, you're yeah. kind of a fuck up. Yeah. And a lot of the behaviors that this person has is because of the way that you treat them so maybe you should probably reevaluate what both of you guys are doing and then come together and then see what's going to happen mm-hmm. but even then when we said that guess what happened republican in number 1
3: right now it's them against you <laughs> yeah what the fuck what the
2: fuck do you know why the fuck do you asked it yeah why the fuck did you ask those type of people now are completely cut out of my life and i think like because we we grow up in a church system when we see somebody who's hurting or somebody that we you know supposedly care about we want to help them yeah but the 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 downfall of that is that their problems become yours and because it's not technically your problem, you can't fix or solve it for them. Yeah. And so you just get dragged constantly. And then all of a sudden, from somebody who's trying to help them, because of his advice
3: that they asked for, you somehow become their enemy. What do they, you do? They become like an energy vampire mm-hmm. because all they do is like complain, but with zero solution or knowing you have no solution. And it just drains the fuck out of everyone, especially them, because they're not getting a solution. But it's like, why are you asking it for something that's completely depleted?
2: Yeah. and <laughs> you, know? you know, it's funny when, you know, when, I, when I cut people out, you cut them out fucking completely. You don't think about them. You don't really talk about them, right? Obviously, this is a podcast, so we're bringing it up in conversation. But um, a buddy of mine told me, they're like, dude, did you know that that person fucking posted a photo of their mom? And that person and their mom, they've been open about how much they hate their mom. right (laughs) abandonment issues or whatever and then he was telling me the title was like this person has always been my day one has never left my side i love my mom it's like dude you're a fucking psychopath (laughs) and it's literally a few days after we cut them off it's like man dude you can't help these people man it's super fucking hard so like what what do you do man and i'm pretty sure a lot of people who are listening now like if you recognize this type of behavior with people in your group I'm telling you right now, cut them fu- cut them out. You're not going to be able to help them because yeah. they don't want to help themselves. They're perfect. In their mind, they're perfect. They're never wrong.
3: Well, I mean, it ties into like a cognitive thinking kind of behavior pattern, right? Where um, when they're faced with trauma in front of them, it's f- fight or flight, right? Mm. And well, whatever mechanism that they find, right? They they have to come up with a story to explain what is going on around them right mm-hmm. so they create their own reality literally mm. and to them this is their truth no matter what um, by the way
2: that was that person's favorite phrase their truth this is my
3: truth yeah well there's the objective truth the objective truth you fucking psychopath yeah and then because they are constantly f- faced with opposition, right, and you could say an existential threat, they will double down in their toxic, extremist, extremist ideology of their truth. Yeah, their truth. Then they will double down, which creates a bigger and bigger hole, if, if you would say, right. Mm-hmm. And everything I'm saying right now is the entire plot to WandaVision. Vision. <laughs> <laughs> That was her whole thing, right, Mm -hmm. with Wanda was like she couldn't face the fact that Vision was gone. Yeah. You know, and like this home they were supposed to build wasn't there. And out of her immense grief that she was faced off with her powers, she created her own reality, right? In order to maintain it, she had to keep expanding and expanding it and force her will and her thought of her reality onto the people around her. All around her, her whole existence, right? I mean, that's why WandaVision to me is great because it totally touched on the way people deal with grief in a superhero manner with their superhero powers. Yeah, anyways, just going back to it, but like that's that's what people do. That's what people do.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's easier for us to pretend like we're a victim than rather than deal with the fact that we were the problem, Yeah. right? And I've definitely had a lot of those moments when I was younger right, specifically in relationships, right? I'll give you a great fucking example. There was a girl that I was with. She was a run. You know, you, you knew her. She, she went, it was when we were living in apartment 904. Yeah, yeah. So this girl cheated on me, <laughs> right? And listen, at the end of the day, there's still a certain level of responsibility that I had. Not the fact that she cheated on me, but kind of like the emotional turmoil that I put her through because of my inability to kind of like show emotions properly, yeah. And with Mariel, she was the woman that stuck around and broke that down out of me, right? Yeah. It's okay for you to say, um, "I love you more than just once or every fucking blue moon," yeah. Right. And for me, it was like this idea; it was this defense mechanism that I built up. Maybe hypothetically, mm-hmm. would have done something to him if yeah. I had asked. Yeah. That's how angry I was, right? Yeah. But I remember after that moment where I was so fucking just pissed off, screaming at the top of my lungs, I had this moment where I saw a mirror, right? Not an actual mirror, but where I saw my reflection. I was like, you're a fucking clown, bro. (laughs) Like, how dare you let this person like control your emotions, right? Yeah. Whatever they did happen, now you need to figure out what you're going to do. Well, we ended up staying together for like another month or two, but I broke up with her after because I couldn't reconcile the fact that she cheated on me,
3: Yeah.
2: right? And it was hard. But then, after we broke up, I had this moment where I was like, I had to think, why? Why did she cheat on me? I'm not a perfect human being, clearly. Yeah. So what did I do? And I had to look back at things, and I was like, you know what? It was, it was her trying to get my attention because I wouldn't give her the attention that she, honestly, in a in a committed relationship, she deserved. Oh. So for example, it, it it you know when we had a conversation, it stemmed from this idea. So, um. I have a friend named uh, Julie. Julie Zahn. Yeah. Right. She's a whole fucking bag and a half. Like, Shut up and dance? Yeah. yeah shut yeah. up and dance. She loves and hates me at the same time. Okay. Right. <laughs> we have that kind of weird relationship. So I used to have like a slight crush on Julie back yeah. in the day. Right. Because I remember the first day that I met her. She had this tight little red dress. This cute little fat ass. This <laughs> tiny little Korean girl. Uh, uh, Chinese girl. Yeah. And I was hitting on her fucking hard. Right. Um, Got to know her. I was like, yuck. <laughs> <laughs> Should have kept your mouth shut. <laughs> no, we ended up becoming really good friends. Yeah. So, before sh- um, I got together with this girl, I specifically told her, I was like, hey, years ago, I had a crush on Julie, right? I didn't have to do that, yeah. but I like being honest. Yeah. And I said, but clearly I don't. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? Yuck. So, and they're friends. Right. They knew each other because they had their mutual friend was her sister. Right. And so I said, Hey, are you okay with me if we still, fr-? and by the way, because our friendship was, we never saw each other that often. We saw each other for projects and work when we would act together. But, you know, listen, if this woman who I'm with and I'm somebody who's, you know, very monogamous, I'm dedicated to the person. I was like, Listen, if you want me to stop talking to her, I can have a conversation with her and say, Hey, because I used to have feelings for you, she doesn't feel comfortable with us hanging out together. Yeah. So, you know, For now, as we figure this out and we kind of establish our relationship, maybe we shouldn't talk. I gave her that option. She goes, no, I love her. I trust you. I trust her. It's great. So there was a day that my brother and Julie came over, right? Yeah. And Julie and I, we fucking crack each other up. And my brother, we're laughing our ass off. And then uh, she came into town because she was originally, she was uh, at uh, pharmacy school out in Stockton. Yeah. She comes in flies in and julie is there i tell her by the way this is the first time i saw julie that whole year yeah one time and then i was like hey you know my my girlfriend's coming in and they're mutual friends i was like you want to just stay back and then you know hang out and we'll get dinner together she goes dude oh fuck yeah and so we're having dinner or whatever and one of the things that i noticed that was very odd that day was that um my girlfriend at the time was holding on to me really tight Mm. was like kind of like putting her hands in my back pocket of my pants <laughs> like, kind of like possessive <laughs> yes. which was very unlike her and I was like hey stop and she said in Korean she goes which means why yeah. that you're mine
3: you're mine yeah
2: and I was like this is a little weird you know she's never done that type of stuff so we went to the grocery store to go ahead and buy it. We we're gonna buy like drinks and some whatever and then kick it back at the apartment and all of a sudden she goes hey I have to go I have to leave and I'm like mm-hmm. oh why she goes my mom wants to have dinner I was like cool I was like, we're going to see each other tomorrow. She goes, yeah, of course. So I give her a kiss goodbye and she leaves. So a few months later where you heard the fucking fight happen, that night she went to go see another guy. To piss me off. To get
3: back at me. Because your brother and Julie came over.
2: Yeah. And once again, Julie wasn't, we weren't one-on-one. Yeah. There are other people there. Right. I'm clearly being respectful and I'm very, very communicative. Mm. And then the other thing that happened after that I think was her last draw was like she went to Vegas, right? And I had this thing of like I think back in the day I didn't want to feel like a needy guy because my very first girlfriend I was profusely just oozing over her. And I think like what I thought was that because I did that I pushed this person away. So I was very mindful about giving people their personal space. So when she went to Vegas to go see her friends, all I said was, hey – Text me when you're there and have fun. You don't have to message me. Just let me know when you're when you're when you're back home. <laughs> In her mind, she wanted a boyfriend to ask her how she was doing. Are you okay? Are you safe? Yeah. I never did that cuz I didn't want to be the pushy boyfriend.
3: Right, right. Right? And she was she wanted one.
2: <laughs> she wanted one. She was a little hurt that I didn't care enough to go ahead and check in on her. Right. But because of my past trauma, Yeah. I decided not to do stuff that wouldn't have been pushy. It would have just been really kind to ask how how my girlfriend is doing in Vegas. Right. But in my mind, I'm like, look, I trust you. I had trust issues when I was younger because I was the jealous boyfriend. I don't ever want to be that person again. So, you know, Taking that, you know, just to go back full circle, I had to take on the responsibility to say, even though I was cheated on and it wasn't right, there were certain things that I did in my behavior that allowed this to happen. Mm. Because of my past trauma, Yeah, I chose not to do things that made her feel safe and comfortable as a girlfriend. Yeah. And that was hard for me. I had to sit there and be like, and I know like certain people be like, you being cheated on is never your fault. <laughs> to a certain extent, no. Right? Yeah. That person's behavior is that person's behavior, but I did play it a part in creating insecurity in this person, and right. I could have dealt with it a lot better.
3: You right. know, I mean, I, I think a lot of people would argue that it is your fault, especially in this situation. Yeah, really. but I mean, um, only a, a cognitive person would be inclined to see, you know, where their um, responsibilities came in. Yeah, in this relationships—it's a two-way street, right? It takes two to tangle here. It's not like everything is always one person's fault. And that is going back to the idea of people having to create their own narratives. You know,
2: that's a scary shit. Yeah.
3: It just, the story doesn't make sense if it's so one sided that way, you know, like, how did this happen that way? Like, what is the reason? That's like, this
2: person is so terrible. It's like, well, why does this person have so many friends? How can people say great things about them But you? Yeah. So so what's really going on here? How is it that 8 other people cut you cut you out but they're all still friends but you're not?
3: It's like they're trying to paint a picture of you but they're using all the wrong colors. Yeah,
2: and they you know? keep telling the same story so they can believe it themselves, right? Yeah. And then for me, for that friend, I always like it's not I'm not saying this to feel better about myself, right? Mm-hmm. I genuinely feel bad for people who can't just step outside of their own body and say, "What am I responsible for?" Because for the rest of your life, you're always going to be a victim.
3: Yeah, and it's continuous cyclical behavior because you were saying even as a tight-knit group, this person would talk shit and then obviously it would go around, right? Mm -hmm. It's like obviously they're going to hear it. But then even though you guys go go, no contact and you guys are apart from each other, but then you guys still have many mutual friends, yet that behavior continues. Continues, and I don't say a single bad thing about it. Like this is the thread that it's going to get, It's going to get back to you, yeah, right?
2: Especially because they already heard my story after they they confronted me. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, like they're straight up and they understand that I'm straight up too. So I was like, listen, if you feel that certain way about me or you don't like me, let me tell you my side of the story. And guess what? If you hate me for it, hey, bro, don't waste your time with me. (laughs) You know, be that person's friend, right? And there's a couple of people who felt that way. And guess what happened? They stopped being their friend. Wow. Because they thought... Because every time they would meet up, that person would talk shit about me. I was the center of their subject. Not just me, but the other people. Mm. I, they would constantly... Like, every t- and they came back like, dude, every time we hang out with her, all they do is just talk shit about you. And I was uh, like, and you only say... Good-. And by the way, for me, I would only say good things about them because I don't... I don't want that person to live in misery. Because if yeah. that person's happy, my life becomes happier. Yeah. Because if they're happy with their life... They don't fuck up mine, <laughs> you know, right? So if this person gets to live in joy, yeah. they
3: won't be so fucking. I don't know. They wouldn't have so much angst towards me, dude. Way to go, Wayman, dude. Kindness, <laughs> kindness is your weapon. Yeah, right. It's his strategy. Mm-hmm. When, when uh, going back to that uh, move, everything, everywhere, all at once. As we're talking about, Wayman has that that moment when Evelyn chooses kindness. She um, hears Wayman out at. The movie premiere right and that's when he starts doing his monologue about how kindness has become his strategy yeah. his weapon to keep the peace you know and to make the compromise and to get what he needs what he wants in the end
2: you know what's crazy too it's like just the other day somebody uh, a mutual friend of ours asked like so you know what happened to you between this you and this person i said listen you don't need to know the details but if you want to stay their friend stay their friend you know they have a lot of great qualities. They've been through a lot of stuff. So just manage a relationship with them and, you know, don't get too involved like I did. But if you keep it like that, you'll have a great fucking time. Mm-hmm. But just know that they have a lot of baggage and if they start opening up to you, um just know that take it take it with a grain of salt.
3: And so <laughs> Yeah. I mean, God bless you, dude. You're like giving this person like all of the mileage to grow. Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they've got a journey ahead of them. Yeah. Like a lot of people and their mental health you know they they do. Everyone's on this marathon, right? You know what the crazy shit
2: is though? After I said that, just to complete that part, my motherfucker came back to me a couple of days later. They're like, "Fuck this person." <laughs> I was like, "What happened?" They're like, "All they do is just fucking talk about how bad the life is." They talk shit, and I look at their posts, and they're talking about how happy they are. Like, can't mm-hmm. deal with this. I was like, "Hey, if you want to be a good friend, be there for them, right?" Yeah. Like I said, just have fun with them. And once they start opening up about their personal stuff, they're trying to drag you into their misery. Take them for what, the, what it is. The moment you engage in that type of friendship, relationship with them is the moment you lose. They're mm-hmm. actually very fun people. But only at a distance. Yeah. Don't get too close because you might get burned unless you're willing to take on that baggage.
3: Well, I won't even lie, dude. Like a lot of the things that you say, like you know like i recognize myself like the (laughs) bad behaviors you know and and then i can look back like you said about how you had to take a step back and look at your hand in the game and that
2: by the way that is hard because i think when you judge yourself it hurts your feelings more Mm -hmm. and you start to kind of beat yourself up you go fuck did i do this why did i do that and i somehow had to like sit there and say fix this behavior or it's going to continue in your future relationships like i said thank god for fucking mariel because for her i mean obviously she has a lot of flaws too but she
3: he, yeah well, let's get that in first but yeah, okay. <laughs> let me just say that all right yeah. hey i love her but it's hey, only fair hey
2: you ain't perfect yeah you know but she kind of poked at me in the right way yeah. to say like hey This is not a good behavior, and you're gonna have to fix this. Mm -hmm. And I this is like behaviors that I knew, but nobody told me that. Yeah. You know? And so when she said it, it's like, listen, if I want to be with her, not just her or with anybody else,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I have to fix this here. Yeah. Cause I'll carry it on to the next relationship. Not being able to like emotionally say, Hey, I love you. You look pretty today, give you gifts and flowers when I feel like I want to, because I'm afraid that at the end of the day, if I do this for you, you still might leave me. Mm. I gotta fix this now. It's going to carry on to the next relationship, you know?
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now...
2: my lovely genius brain farts this podcast is brought to you by fume ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you're climbing everest and flip-flops yeah we've been there too but here's a breath of fresh air fume it's not about giving up it's about switching up baby fume takes your habit and simply makes it better healthier and a whole lot more enjoyable what is fume you ask fume is an innovative award-winning flavored air device that does just that instead of vapor fume uses flavored air instead of electronics fume is completely natural and instead of harmful chemicals fume uses delicious flavors you get it instead of bad fume is good it's a habit you're free to enjoy that makes replacing your bad habit easy i keep one in my car just because i'm a fidgety guy and guess what i'd be puffing on that delicious herbal tea vapor my friends nothing bad for you in there and definitely definitely Fun to use. My friend, start the year off right with the good habit by going to tryfume.com slash genius and getting the journey pack today. Fume is giving listeners of the show 10% off when they use my code genius to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Start the good habit at tryfume.com slash genius to save 10% off the journey pack today.
3: I mean, uh, just bringing it back to how um, I, I said earlier about how we really have to rather than creating this false reality around us to tell a narrative to justify our actions even though we know we did something wrong right the the first step is to acknowledge like where you made a mistake yeah and to be okay with the mistake you've made right because um what's the first most important thing you know is that you have to forgive yourself which to, is hard for the mistakes it was a crazy hard i mean i've struggled with that all the time don't get
2: um, like sometimes when you look back you just go sometimes like in my head people don't know this but i'll be like you fucking oh, <laughs> dude you <laughs> dude you know what i'm
3: talking about daily yeah daily why did you
2: say
0: that
3: yeah i mean because it it happened and i mean as much as we're thinking about that it's like well that was in our past the the first sign of cringing at yourself yourself knowing it's you is that you're no longer that way,
1: mm, 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 you mm, know,
3: mm. and and you have to come to the point when you find yourself cringing at yourself, which I do a lot, you know, is to you know understand that you're feeling this way because this was a past version of yourself. Yeah, yeah, right. Know. It might have been ten years ago. It might have been yesterday. As long as today, you know, I fucked up, mm-hmm. right, and that's one of the most important things. For me too, like a lot of my trauma I, I I deal with and the obsessiveness I have with, ah, this person fucked me, this person fucked me so hard, <laughs> right? And and I get so mad at that. But then I have to look at, like you did, you know, where, where I was in the picture, right? Maybe I was an asshole, you know? Maybe that was why they were so hard-nosed with me and they did some shit to me, right? Uh, maybe there was like a lot of things I did that never made this relationship actually be a positive
2: one, Mm -hmm.
3: right? Um, At least when you can acknowledge that and understand what happened to you in the past, you can walk into a new relationship and start something new and know not to fuck up in these areas too. Unless you want to tell your own story and say you were right all along and then you fucking do the same bullshit mistakes, the same behaviors, the same fuck ups, it's because you keep creating that yeah. narrative for yourself that and, you're the good guy. You know,
2: I think like we should make it clear too. We're not talking about blaming yourself, like victim blaming, right? Mm-hmm. That's not the conversation. It's more like, what can I do better next time so that it doesn't happen again, Yeah, right? And that's the level of personal responsibility that you have. Like even a lot of the stories that I would tell where I got fucked over, there's a lot of stuff I could have done differently. Yeah. I don't dwell on it, but then once I take that responsibility, it makes it makes me make sure that I won't make that same mistake again. <laughs>
3: Can I tell you a story?: Yeah. I've been like pissed at this guy we know, mm-hmm. who is a singer on YouTube. Mm-hmm. and um they were asking me about editing, or because they at the time, this is old YouTube, um, they sing covers, you know, and every week it's just another cover, mm-hmm. right? And uh, nothing changes with their camera angles ever. Right? yeah. And so they i gave them a suggestion and i showed them an old video Mm -hmm. of mine like showing look this is also a video of a guy just singing on a mic just like this and there's just like one mid and one close-up yeah you know um but what what was interesting in the video that made it different though was that this at the time, I was so angry when I was filming this. This motherfucker didn't know the words to this song he was singing. Jesus Christ, dude. I fucking hate that when I show up to a shoot and then whoever is singing, even, especially if it's their own fucking song and they don't know the lyrics. I hate that shit when they come unprepared that way. So I was so mad, like, we had no good footage, Mm -hmm. right? But then he kept asking me when the video is coming out. So I just made the entire video footages of him, like, fucking up the lyrics, yeah. right? And, and fucking up the lip sync. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just all the shots of where he got it wrong, right? And the thing was, it was pretty endearing because he's not a bad looking guy, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And then it got a decent amount of views. So I showed him like, look, you can be creative and innovative when you only have one angle, right? That following whatever day he releases his video, shot for shot, cut for cut, a copy of my fucking video. Shout out to Jason Chen. <laughs> yeah, it was him. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, you want to say it? Okay. It was look up Matt Becker, B E K K E R. Give Does your Matt heart a break. Music? He was good. I don't know what happened to that guy. He fell off, dude. Oh, but He was really good, though. Yeah. Like, yeah. But, like, I mean, you can look that up, give your heart a break, and then look up Jason Chen, give your heart a break. <laughs> holy shit I was so fucking mad and angry and he didn't see that there was any problem with it which was just like yo this is
2: that's the weird <laughs> thing about Jason too like if you want to talk about somebody who doesn't have ill intent but always fucks up is that, is that guy
3: <laughs> like I don't know if I'm
2: supposed to be mad at him yeah cause like for him he it's not <laughs> there's a reason why we're still friends <laughs> how
3: can I how, can how could I, someone who is your friend do this to you? Yeah, right? It's like,
2: how can I be mad at somebody who is clearly on the spectrum? <laughs>
3: <laughs> like that's exactly why I don't know. Well,
2: because it's like this: he'll show you the video. It's yeah. like, look what I did, and it's yeah. like, hold on, motherfucker! But he goes, I don't get it. Yeah, there's no ill intent. He's so it's just like, like, what almost, did I do
3: wrong? He He's fucking gonna, like
2: checkmates you with that shit. Yeah, with his autism. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, bam, rook to your night autism, bam. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. And you just you win the game with a
3: pawn, right? How'd you do that? Yeah. And it's and for me too, it was one of those things where I was like, well, you know what? I'm never gonna share my ideas with anyone who's not gonna pay me again. There's a lot of people who do that though. Like I've I I stopped
2: listen, I've never said this out publicly, but there's a lot of people on Vine that, you know, they wanted to make Vine videos, right? Yeah. And I've found out early on with these Vine people, and you'll see it in social media now. This is what it's evolved to. That's why you always see fucking bitten off content. Because yeah. people recycle and reuse. And it started with Vine. Yeah. And so these Vine people, we would just be talking. I would tell them stories about my personal life and they would put it in a Vine. I'm like, oh. They
3: turn it into a Vine.
2: And they turn it into a Vine. And I'm like, uh, I told you that in confidence because I told you I was going to make a sketch out of it. Yeah. And so I cut ties with them. I'm like, you guys steal ideas because you ran out of your own.
3: Right. You know? That happened to me with Jinro, man. This oh, fucking, that's right. Yeah. yeah with the adver- uh, advertising agency that they were with. Like... I had a meeting with them, shared an idea. Two weeks later, there's my fucking idea on on, on social media. <laughs> That's why you like, got to keep things to dude. yourself.
2: You yeah. know, one of the biggest reasons too, like vlogging to me, um, started. There's so much ways. Like I did a vlog recently, right? I haven't done a vlog in a long time, but a lot of the stuff that I leave out, I leave out because I'm like, I might turn this into stand up later. I never had that issue before. And the reason why I do that because I have seen, and you guys know it too, who are mega fans of mine. You guys have seen like my content I've done in the past be turned into vines, quick content on Instagram. And it's literally my shit, bit for bit, joke for joke. Yeah. Yeah. You don't get no credit. Right. It's the
3: Wild West. Like, I had to call
2: somebody out years ago who literally took one of my vlogs and did a stand up set with it. it. And it was my, it was, it was like, bro. And I found out because other people attacked me. It's like, isn't this your vlog? I was like, It they didn't even change it. Yeah. Oh my god. And by the way, and by the way, they and I was so upset because they did that shit as a stand-up set and they bombed with it. (laughs) How dare you misrepresent me?
3: How dare you vicariously bomb through my content? I was
2: like, the jokes are good. Your delivery was terrible. (laughs) How can you steal and bomb with my content? Yeah. If you're gonna steal it, do well! Yeah. Dog, that shit pissed me off.
3: The oh delivery gosh. was so
2: bad. And I was like, and I messaged the person I was like, "Hey, bro, you gonna steal my fucking shit.
3: Was it another Asian comic? It was another Asian comic, right.
2: And I actually still see it a lot till this day, you know, um, and you know what that's fine. Like that's how content is now. I, it's not fine, but well, how am I going to fight against it? Yeah, you know, and by the way, a lot of stuff happens too in like the the comedy world where there's like um you know, we think of the same shit, but it, like depending on the delivery, you could tell when they thought it was their own idea and not, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But nowadays where like content theft is so common and it's accepted, it's so annoying.
3: Yeah. I mean, reposting is the nature of the game. Like, and then you don't see that shit come back to you. No matter what all these tech companies try to do with, like, I mean, YouTube does it all right. but Dude, like, somebody
2: wrote on a comment, and comments usually don't make me upset, but I had to correct this motherfucker. And I, yeah. they just started rambling bullshit. I blocked them because I did a Trump impression. They go, oh, look at you uh, fucking uh, stealing Shane Gillis's bit. I'm like, a <laughs> Trump impression? <laughs> what? Every president gets an impression. Exactly. And so I was, because I started watching a lot of Trump shit because, you know, when they were comparing Biden and Trump being senile, and I just started picking up like Trump's mannerisms. Yeah. Right. And Shane Gillis did a bit where he's talking about the same mannerisms, but everybody can observe the yeah, same thing. Every- yeah. So it's like, that's yeah. like me saying, like, Somebody comes up to me and go, oh, you fucking stole X comics because you impersonated Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. <laughs> like you have lost your fucking mind. Yeah. You're coming at the wrong person, dude. Dude, I heard you do that chicken cross the road joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the audacity. But I get it too, right? But like I said, everybody's just going back and forth. And it's like So you can steal content, but then other times you're going to call somebody out for having, I don't know, the most general impression, impersonation of Trump. Right. Like what? What is this? What world do we fucking live in, man?
3: I think it's like I said. Uh, if if it's in the comic world, it's obvious. It's pretty dog eat dog, right? Mm-hmm. Like from. I mean, I I I really enjoyed seeing the behind the scenes of the Bobby Lee Brendan Shaw trauma. Dude, I did a whole podcast shit. on that shit. Yeah, it's, and you know, I I think you know going time back to what we were saying earlier. Like everyone has a narrative or whatever because they need to come out on top. Yeah, because for some reason life is a competition to them, and if somebody for some reason has something nice happen to them, that means you're losing. Mm-hmm. Then you are looking at life in the complete wrong way. Yeah, man, and like I, I saw Shane Gillis. I didn't see the whole thing,
2: but I saw bits of it, and it was really fucking funny. Right? Yeah,
3: I, I understand he's a funny guy. Yeah, he's fucking yeah, funny, yeah, right? But then like I, I, I was pretty incensed with some of those, yeah. quote unquote jokes. And so like but... when I,
2: because I think the observation that I made. I mean, I have to look at the video again. I'm not going to correct it. Either way, I, I I was talking about how if you look at any kind of uh Trump clip, he always says, wow. 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 wow yeah. That's amazing. Right. And I guess Shane Gillis did a bit where he explained it and he put it into his, his bit. But how, is, how everybody can observe that. It's yeah. pretty obvious. Even you know what I was saying when I said it.
3: Yeah. It's wow. Like,
2: that's amazing.
3: It's like if somebody else does an Obama impersonation, and you're like, "Hey, those pauses and those intonations, you're copying." So that's his shit. Everybody hears that, man. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't really appreciate that comment. That one, for some reason,
2: got under my skin. I think
3: the the idea with why people want to like jump on impersonations, like, is such a weird paradox to me. Like, like you're still copying the original person themselves. You know? Yeah.
2: So what's the originality in that shit? Yeah. Unless you like add your own twist or spin to it. You know, and even um, like for example, there was um people were shitting on Godfrey in the comments. Uh Godfrey is fucking
3: hilarious, yeah. man.
2: And there's other comments who say that Godfrey never bombs. And you know, he does this like Steve Harvey impression. Oh, I
3: saw crazy. that shit. It's dude, so funny. That shit had me
2: crying, yeah. laughing, dude. But um, I heard Steve Harvey hated that shit. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> but it was accurate. Yeah. Um, but Godfrey does his bit where he talks about uh, Nigerian people, because he's from Nigeria. Yeah, right? Godfrey, Where are you from? You know? And then he t- does this joke where he shoots a dart. Right? He goes like, these motherfuckers, like, where are you going? And he'll shoot somebody and passes out. Well, Eric Spears did a joke like that right. too, right? And like, you stole that shit from Aries Spears. First of all, they're friends. Number two, Godfrey's Nigerian! <laughs> yeah. Third of all, I've heard hella comics do that dart joke. Yeah. It's like, where are you going? I- I've seen that joke even before Aries Spear- a- Spear- Spears, Ari Spears, Eric Spears, yeah, like, but he did it differently. Like it's right. not the same joke. And also he's fucking Nigerian. yeah, he's Niger. You can't fucking say that to that guy. If anything else, a- Eric Spears is impersonating his life, yeah, <laughs> so it's like what do you do here?
3: You know, yeah, I-, I think it's the whole idea of people can't take a joke, yeah. Like, uh, they see the idea of coming somewhere to laugh. Instead, their idea is to fucking shit on everything. Yeah, yeah. Why are you there? Why'd you go to the comedy show in the yeah. first place? Like, what are they really saying outside of that? It's just like, hey, how are you, you know, putting any effort into differentiating yourself from another Korean comic? You know, it's like, what? Why? why is that any of your concern? Yeah. You know.
2: Yeah, but like I said, it's not, it's not, it's like 0.02% of people out there, you know? And I still defend their right to go ahead and write those comments because, you know, it's the internet. You can say whatever you want, but I'm allowed to clap back however the fuck I want to, bitch. And don't go back and be like, well, why are you, oh, you're supposed to be the bigger person. No, I'm not. Who said? (laughs) I'm not the bigger person. I'm very childish. (laughs) Why, Why do you assume that I'm such a good person?
3: Dude, do you know how much effort it takes into making the kind decision? You know? Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy at all, guys? Shit. Well, how, well, guys, that wraps up this episode of the podcast. Yeah. I feel like we had a subject to talk about. I forgot what it was.
3: <laughs> yeah, there was something we were going to talk about. Yeah. I forget.
2: But uh, anyways, uh, you can find Ed at Ed Park VP, Right, Check him out on the Instagram. You'll see him on the Genius Brain podcast. Um, Genius Brain is every Sunday at 12 p.m. Make sure that you guys support our sponsors because they pay my fucking bills. Click on those links. Check out what they got because I love them and I love you too. And we will see you all next time. Peace. Peace.
0: Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well,